This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Smythe. Several stories have been making uh, headlines in Saskatchewan. A a Mountie is currently on trial in the province for the murder of his partner. Freelance journalist John Lepke has been following this case and he is based in Saskatchewan and he joins now. Hi, John. Hi, Alex. So let's uh, uh, talk about this this case. So what details are there that we currently know? Absolutely. So um, this is the accused, whose name is Bernie uh, Herman, uh, uh, a Mountie for the um, uh, the RCMP, Saskatchewan Mountie, um, is accused in the death of uh, a man named Brayden Herman. No relation, as it happens. Um, this happened in 2021. Uh, in and around Prince Albert, um, and he, uh, the uh, the person who passed away, is described as um, the the accused uh, lover. Um, this trial has been going on. We just heard final arguments where the uh, where the lawyers uh, for the defendant. Um, uh, the lawyers for the defendant argued self-defense. There's no nobody's arguing that he he didn't uh, uh, kill this person, and uh, the verdict is is going to come down in January. And so, as as you mentioned, the the uh, uh, the verdict is set to to come in January. So, what happens between now and then is uh, what are the next steps in this case? Yeah, well, between now and then, um, I, I would say with with the RCMP status, particularly in this province, it becomes very much a, a a court of public opinion, and I think it's fair to say in cases like this, we will see um, you know uh, a number of this always feels like a story that that sort of kicks open the door to more stories. Um, there's there's a wife involved here from from the accused who who is. Whose uh, his interactions with have become part of the testimony on on both sides, um, and so, or at least on on the prosecutor's side, um, and so really from here it goes into the uh, court of of public opinion, quite frankly. And so, tell me a bit about what the reaction has been to this case, and particularly in in the the region in the prairies. Yeah, I think when we when we look at a story like this, it's really important to keep in mind that that you know Mounties uh, there's going to be a shift in the agreement in the future, according to the Canadian government. But you know, most if not all Mounties are trained in Regina. Um, being a, an RCMP officer is is part of the identity in this province, trending all the way back to the Northwest Mounted Police. Uh, you know, the um, the RCMP Heritage Museum is in. Regina. Now, obviously, we're talking about something that happened um, in Prince Albert, but you know, I, I think whenever cases like this happen, the the conversation is about, um, particularly when it comes to self defense and the firing of a weapon. The conversation, you know, now that now that final arguments have concluded, um, we'll see we'll see where it uh, where it goes. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 a tragic case. Obviously, someone has has uh, uh, lost their life, and so I'm I'm sure once the the uh, verdict is uh, um, uh, kind of. Uh, decided, then we will check in on this story as you always bring uh, updates on, on key stories within the region, John. So thank you for, for that one. There was another one that you, you wanted to, to highlight and it mm -hmm. involves, and this one just wrapped up uh, recently with, and involved a former hockey coach and he was accused of sexually assaulting one of his players. So what can you tell me about this story? Mm -hmm. So um, this uh, coach's name is uh, Bernie Lynch. Um, he formerly coached in uh, in junior hockey in the province. This relates to, um, and, and we'll have a content warning here. I, I suppose I will give a content warning um, uh, for sexual violence here. He's been found guilty of uh, a historical um, incident from uh, 1988. Uh, he's a, well. He's been found guilty of. Um, of committing this crime against a, uh, a a person who was supporting a hockey camp that that he was coaching, um, and uh, so the, that test that sentence will be handed down January fifth, um, and uh, I believe I'm just looking at my notes here at the the. Uh, uh, Oh, sorry, uh, mixed my words there. Um, yeah, so that, that sentencing will come down to January 5th. The complainant, who was 17 at the time in 1988, um, was helping. And uh, yeah, here it is. The, the justice uh, who was who is in charge of this case um, has found uh, Lynch to be uh, evasive on the stand. Um, so, so we'll see what... Uh, what sentencing comes down in in January fifth? Uh, his coaching career included the Pats and the SJHL's uh, Humboldt Broncos. And so, can you talk a bit about because this is a historic case? Like, what was the timeline like in in this situation? As you said, the 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 crime that he was found guilty of took place in 1988. So, uh, what was the the timeline and the process to get to this point where he was found guilty? Yeah. Um, so, because uh, you know I, th they haven't come forward and said this, but because um, uh, <laughs> crimes in the hockey community, let's put it broadly, there and violence in the hockey community has been more highlighted recently. I, I think it's fair to say that across Canada, we're seeing more of these cases, and also these cases take a a very long time uh, to process, particularly, uh, particularly when they're historical. And, and so, talking a bit about the hockey community, as you said, this uh, this coach was involved with uh, different teams, uh, some higher profile ones within the province. Like, how do you think the province's hockey community will will learn from this case and and lessons they can take away to make sure that uh, the youths and the players are better protected going forward? Well, I, I certainly hope they they learn from the historical cases as well as as more recent ones. If we're talking about in general, you know, violence against uh, athletes, people you're coaching, things like that. Um, certainly, as I said, we've seen across Canada more conversations about these things. Um, but I also feel as if uh, it can feel and, and a former 
heavily emphasis on the word form here, athlete, but I feel like these safe sport processes are more in the public eye now, but historically have not been. And that those safe sport processes tend to be siloed by sports when we're talking about sort of the um the legal ramifications for Hockey Canada, for example, we tend to talk about it as Hockey Canada rather than the hockey landscape. Um, uh, whereas maybe something like the um, uh, gymnastics-related cases that we saw a few years ago in the U.S. tend to cause, I believe, a, a little bit more of a, a drastic change across the board. So I hope that historical cases like this um, you know, hopefully the conversation doesn't trend towards, well, it was, you know, these things always end up with, well, it was one bad coach. And you go, N I don't actually be believe that in terms of mm -hmm. the safe sport environment that that we can create in a province or in a country. Yeah, absolutely. And so even if it was one bad coach, it was a situation that allowed that coach to to commit these crimes. And there's still uh, changes that can be made. And I think it's very important to point out that the changes being made, the the proposals uh, being put forth even recently around safe sport and, and protecting youths and, and children and athletes as they go through these sports. Because, I, yeah, back in, you know, the 80s and 90s and even to the 2000s, as we see with some of these other cases, the the coaches, especially those who have been found guilty of committing crimes similar to this, it's they they were kind of shielded. They were protected. They were seen as, oh well, they're doing such important work that you know no one can come out against them. No one can accuse them of anything because they're so valuable. And and thankfully that narrative seems to be changing that it's like no accountability matters we need to protect the athletes more than people in positions of power like this absolutely and and this gets a little bit away from saskatchewan but you know this segment followed on from the parasport uh apologies parasport minute uh parasport report um with greg westlake and i think it's really important to to acknowledge that uh you know there are some additional and different in a lot of ways just because of the culture of parasport considerations when it comes to safe sport and parasport. I reported last year a piece for uh, Defector Media surrounding um, uh, accusations uh, made against, um, they, they weren't criminal accusations, they weren't made in terms of a criminal complaint or, or uh, you know, um, that wasn't the subject of the story. Um, but uh, abusive allegations uh it's fair to say uh against mm -hmm. uh, the former uh coach of the u.s women's wheelchair basketball team um right. this is not just a an able-bodied sport uh problem and we can sometimes get caught up in the narratives around parasport um and that sort of does protect the people who who don't uh treat their athletes with the respect that is deserved Absolutely. John, thank you so much for, for bringing these two topics forward and, and, and sharing some more insight uh, with us. Have yourself a great day. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. That was John Lepke. He is a freelance journalist based in Saskatchewan. Coming up after the break, we assemble the round table as elementary students in BC will soon be graded on a proficiency scale instead of letter grades. How do you feel about alternative forms of grading? Uh, Elizabeth Moeller will pose that question to the round table. You're watching now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv.
Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.